Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today. Anthony Davis is on the eve of extension. What this deal will say about the value of AD, the future of the Lakers, and will they get it done sooner than later? Plus, we are lighting the beam with Devonis Sabonis live. How the Kings became a contender and what they are doing to keep upsetting the standings in the West. And as Team USA preps for the FIBA World Cup, how their biggest competition matches up against them and which player is primed to step up and take gold on NBA Today right now. Welcome in. I'm Christine Williamson holding you down for Malika Andrews. Chanel Gumake is here in studio with me. What's up, girl? Two days in a row. I love this for I, know, us. I love it. I love uh, we have a lot of friends stopping by to join us over the next hour. But let's go to the desert, oh. shall we? Okay. Love it when it's hot outside. Team USA training camp is officially underway in Las Vegas, led by new head coach Steve Kerr. The team is looking to bounce back from that seventh place finish in the 2019 FIBA World Cup even though no players from that tournament's roster are on the one from 2023. Actually, nobody on USA's 12-man roster has any Olympic or World Cup experience. But, of course, that does not mean that the team lacks talent. Here is a reminder of what Team USA's roster looks like, led by three 2023 NBA All-Stars, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, and Jaron Jackson Jr., who is also the reigning Defensive Player of the Year. They also have the 2023 Rookie of the Year in Palo Bancaro. So we welcome in Tim Bontemps, who is in Las Vegas, and he's covering Team USA's training camp. And we welcome in Brian Windhorst, who is going to be heading overseas because, you know, he's a man of the world. Uh, and He's going to cover the World Cup. Tim, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you've been you have a fresh story on dot com about how Team USA, USA can replicate the success from the 20, uh, 2010 World Cup squad. What do you think is the key there? Well, the key there, Christine, could be Anthony Edwards. And if you go back to that 2010 team, Kevin Durant was going into his fourth year in the NBA. He had just signed a five-year maximum contract extension with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And he went with a very young, up-and-coming group of players over to Turkey in a hostile environment in a tournament that Team USA typically struggles in, unlike the Olympics, where we typically come away with gold. And he led that team to a gold medal in Turkey in very difficult circumstances. And that was a big moment for Durant. It was a big moment for that group of players. And this is a similar opportunity for Anthony Edwards. Just last month, he was here in Vegas celebrating, signing his own five-year max contract extension. And as you mentioned, this is a Team USA roster that has no Olympic experience, no international experience at all. It has nobody that was on the gold medal team in 2021 in Tokyo on it. And so there's gonna need to be players that step up and produce in big moments here. We saw Anthony Edwards 
show up on a big stage and play well against Denver in the first round of the playoffs. That stood out to Team USA Executive Director Grant Hill, part of why Anthony Edwards is on this team. When you look at this roster, he certainly has the opportunity to be the kind of go-to scorer on the wing that this team is going to need to come away with gold. So we'll see what his role is exactly going to be over the next several weeks. But Anthony Edwards is certainly a very big name to watch over the next few weeks here for Team USA. Okay, Brian, anytime Team USA enters the international stage, the expectations are obviously very high. So what do you think needs to happen for this team to meet those high expectations? Yes, yeah, so often in international play, it comes down to guard play. And the, the T- Steve Kerr and Grant Hill and a new team to put Team USA together have really focused on putting together a strong complement of guards on this roster. And when we talked to Steve Kerr about putting it together, he mentioned by name Jalen Brunson. He obviously believes that Jalen Brunson, who had a terrific year with the New York Knicks as the leader of that team, is going to play a big role with Team USA. Now, the thing about Jalen, even though he was sort of a low draft pick and not a, a, you know high visibility coming into the NBA, he really excelled in his amateur career in FIBA play. He was the MVP of the under-19 FIBA tournament when he played in it several years ago. And that style of play is one of the reasons they prioritized getting him. There's a bunch of good guards on this team. Tim, just mentioned Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Austin Reeves. There's going to be a fight for playing time. We're going to figure out roles here, but it sounds like Jalen Brunson is going to be leaned on with his uh, championship experience, both in FIBA and with his Villanova teammates, Josh Hart and Mikhail Bridges, who he's going to be out there with again as part of this team as well. All right, Chanae, Wendy just mentioned a number of names on that roster. Who do you think will step up as a key player to help? Team USA bounce back? I want to start with Jaron Jackson Jr. because as someone who has Team USA experience, I played on a a variety of iterations of Team USA as I was developing my career in basketball. You know, offense takes a while to build the chemistry, but defense shows up. And to have someone that can really rim protect, we're talking about the defensive player of the year, a guy that led the league in blocks per game last season with three and has led the league the last two years, you're going to anchor around him. And then we mentioned Jalen Brunson. I mean, this guy's an all-star snub. So when you think about offense, you need someone that can really take care of the ball no turnovers. Uh, he had a career high in 24 points per game this past season. And so you look at them defensively, let's make sure we show up with that first. As we build our offense and run the offense through Jalen Brunson, you'll have other guys like Paolo Bencaro as well that can provide that spark plug, that tweener position where it's very difficult to guard, right? I love Paolo because he can knock it down from the outside, but he, also, he can also be physical on the inside. So, like, they have a variety of versatility, but first and foremost, I think their defense is what they're going to have to work on because that's That's what's going to be the glue to hold them together as they build that chemistry moving forward. Uh, Tim, you alluded to this. Team USA has won just two of the past six World Cups, unlike the Olympics, which they've only lost one since 1992. Now, this year, they are the heavy favorite to win the World Cup, but they are not at all the only team with a chance to win it. Now, France enters tied with Australia for the fourth shortest odds to win the tournament at 11 to 1. The French finish as the runners-up in last summer's Eurobasket, led by Rudy Gobert, who had a three last night. I don't know if you saw what he said about that three. Wait, hold on. Thank you. Show the three because Uh we were having jokes with Rudy. Not we, but some people. Yeah. yeah. Our producers. Okay. He hit the three. He hit the three. And he said some things about the three. Go on and Google it. Okay, so (laughs) Vinicius has the third shortest odds to win the World Cup at 10 to 1. That, of course, largely because of Luka Doncic, who, by the way, had a triple-double yesterday and a friendly against Greece. But the team came up short against a Greek squad without Giannis Antetokounmpo, whose availability is still up in the air. And outside of Team USA, it's the Canadian national team with five 
five to one odds to win the World Cup. Canada has 10 NBA players. Jamal Murray, SGA, Dylan Brooks, and RJ Barrett. Also, Zach Eady is on that team from Purdue as well. So, uh, Tim, I'm going to start with you. There's plenty of talent throughout the 32-team field. To you, what team possesses the biggest threat to the U.S.? I think, Christine, it's clearly Team Canada, and this is a huge moment for the Canadian national team. They've really been building up to this for a very, very long time. You mentioned they've got 10 NBA players on their roster. That is not the norm. You think about the America team, obviously it's chock full of NBA players, but Canada has been slowly but surely building up its talent base for a long time. And the Canadians enter this tournament arguably with the single best player in the entire field in Shea Gildas-Alexander. He's as good or better than Luka Doncic and anybody that the American team has. Nikola Jokic is not playing for Serbia. You mentioned Giannis' stat is up in the air for Greece. So the Canadians not only have probably or arguably at least the best player in this tournament, they've got a deep roster full of versatile players that can play at both ends of the court and can play in a modern style. Now it's going to be interesting to see how Jordy Fernandez, the Kings assistant coach, taking over for Nick Nurse as the head coach of that program, how he will fare on this stage. Obviously a big opportunity for him to show his head coaching ability. And obviously another big question is Jamal Murray's status. He said yesterday he hopes to play. He obviously just just came off of winning the NBA title and is dealing with still coming back from tearing his ACL. But if they have Jamal Murray and Shea alexander out there from the Canadians, they're going to give Team USA everything they can handle in this tournament as they hope to really make a deep run and potentially win gold for the first time. And the reason why I agree with Team Canada is because when you look at singular players, you know, a Giannis potentially or a Luka potentially, when you have this depth in a roster, it's hard to go up against those types of guys, guys that you go up against in the NBA that have chemistry, that know what they're doing, and that just play at a, a level and a standard that, you know, as one player, you're going to have to beat everybody, which is why I love Team Canada. What was it? Oh, Canada. That's it, right? <laughs> that was I, I can't really hold it <laughs> hold it like to that. Yeah. But what I love about SGA is he made that leap. And we talk a lot about Team USA and players that could potentially make that leap. He made that leap in the NBA season last year, averaging 31 points per game, fourth in the NBA. I love his game. It's not dependent and on, you know, am I having a good night shooting the three? No. He'll find ways to get to the rim. He'll find ways to shoot that mid-range. He's physical downhill. Also, as you mentioned, Jamal Murray, I mean, if you're trying to carry over what you did in the regular season, postseason, to now, he's got to be feeling good and confident about himself, especially after the last few years, you know, just emerging as a comeback player and athlete. And then I love Lou Dort. Because in this league, you look at him like, man, he's thick. He's a ball stopper. He, he takes on the defensive assignment that is the hardest, the toughest. I'm going to take on Luka. I'm going to take on Giannis. Now, I know these guys may not be playing, but I'm just saying the mentality that he's not afraid to go toe-to-toe and provide that, that necessary defensive identity one-on-one. -on -one. Like, they are a holistic team. They're a team that has gotten to know each other over the years. And I think they'll be really a tough competition come this tournament. Well, Christine, the Americans have a very favorable draw in this tournament. They get to play all of their games in Manila. Their, their, their challenging opponent in their, their group is Greece, who is very likely going to be without Giannis Antetokounmpo. They have a great opportunity to get into good position into the, into the quarterfinals if they play well, whereas Canada is in the group of death. They have to open this tournament with France. Uh, now, Victor Wembanyama is not playing, getting ready for his rookie season. That was a, a help to the Canadians, but they have no margin for error. They are playing a very difficult uh, pod, um, but if they get through it, they're going to be in good position. From a, from a player by player standpoint, you could argue that the Canadians and the U.S. team are kind of side by side. And the Canadians have never been able to reach 
the, their potential as a basketball-playing nation before. We could be at the beginning of a great classic basketball rivalry. The rivalry we already do have is the French and the Americans. The French beat the Americans in 2019 in China to knock them out of medal contention. They beat them in the opening game of the 2021 Tokyo Olympics, and then the Americans came back and won in the final. Uh, and so you have a potential rematch there of the Olympic final. So both uh, France and Canada loaded with NBA players, uh, not only setting the stage for this summer, but the granddaddy next summer in Paris, where the French are going to have home court and the Canadians could have even a stronger team. Team USA practices four straight days before the first exhibition game against Puerto Rico on Monday. Tim, thank you for joining us and enjoy your time in Vegas. Coming up, Anthony Davis is arguably the most important piece in the Lakers' plans. How L.A. handles his extension could mold the future of the franchise. Plus, in 18 points, Diana Taurasi will redefine WNBA excellence. We look inside 10,000 reasons why no one may ever eclipse this milestone. Iconic. Exactly. And the Kings were the Western Conference Party crashers last season. DeMontis Sabonis joins our soiree next. Soiree? I was going to say soiree. That's wrong. <laughs> he shares why Sacramento will do it again next on NBA Today. <laughs> Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Kings going to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. De'Aaron Fox, the bonus and the brothers are balling. And their offense is legit. They made the smart plays, the tough plays, the big baskets. They were well coached. Mike Brown is the coach of the year by a landslide. We ain't taking no shit from nobody. Trust me on that. They get easy shots really easily. Why don't we believe in them? Fourth quarter, Fox has been activated. Sabonis. Go ahead and light it. I think everybody's ready. That's right. Light the beam. DeMontis Sabonis balled out last season in his first full years with the Kings, putting up 19, 12, and 7 on 62% from the field. He also led the NBA with 65 double-doubles, seven more than any other player. And we are so incredibly lucky to be joined by three-time All-Star Sacramento Kings big man, DeMontis Sabonis. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, uh, DeMontis, it is summertime. The living is easy, and I tend to stalk people on social media. I saw that your quote 
10,000 month pregnant, that's your wife's quote, not mine, uh, <laughs> wife, threw you a dinner party not too long ago. You also are in Napa Valley. You went on a nice date with her. Uh, it yeah. looks like you're living right now. So what is the most fun or coolest thing that you've done this summer? Most fun and coolest thing, um, just hanging out with uh, my wife and my family. Um, we got a little boy and uh, I actually just came from a swim class with him right here. So that's that's where I'm currently okay. at. Okay, so I, I would like to mention that you also got a $217 million contract extension. That was probably a very cool thing that happened this summer as well, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Just, just a little money, a little money. Okay, so let's get to last season and you specifically before we talk about your team because you made your first All-NBA team. When you look back at last season, is there a moment that you're most proud of as an individual? Uh, I'm definitely proud of uh, this team, this uh, or organization, the coaching staff, everyone, uh, what the city's been through and that we could put them back on the map. Um, everyone saw what it did to the city. I mean, on the road. We're, we're playing, we're about to win the game, and the opposing fans are chanting like the beam. So it's just, it, it was a really special year for sure, you know, and uh, we just got to use this as motivation to keep building. Yeah, you said it was a special year. Your team took the entire world by storm last season. You ended a 16-year playoff drought. You were a three seed, but then you, of course, fell short in that game uh, seven series with the Warriors. What did you as a team learn from that series? I think we learned a lot, you know. I think it was the right uh, stepping uh, stepping uh, stool for, for us to keep moving forward. We played against the defending champs, you know, their, their dynasty, and um, just learning from every player there, how they carried themselves, how they prepare, how they came in ready for every game, home, on the road. Uh, it really opened our eyes, you know. Uh, it, was a, it was a first time for a lot of us out there, and just to follow that blueprint of what they did, because um, they've been amazing for a long time. So uh, I think it was a good test. And now we got to put that, put that to work this this year. Uh, okay, so obviously I mentioned the fact that you took the entire world by storm. Was there a single moment uh, that you realized that this team was different? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of felt it during in the training camp. I mean, obviously, it's funny to say now, but um, we really connected, really connected on the offensive end, uh, and we just had this flow going. And it was a lot of new guys hadn't been together, and we only knew as the season went on we were, we were only going to get better. And Mike Brown and his staff, you know, did a did a great job of just keeping us on our heels. You know, uh, we couldn't relax one one second. You know, he would call timeout with 20 seconds into the game um, on film, call everyone out. You know, so there was no time to relax, and uh, we just kept pushing each other uh, to, to to be better every day. Was there a single thing that clicked when you guys realized what that connection was and what that needed to look like moving forward? I don't know. I really feel like uh, it was off the court. Uh, our relationships and uh, the bond we had off the court was, was special, you know. So, obviously, it translated to, to the court. Yeah. We hung out. We kept for each other. So, uh, I feel like that really helped. We were down in a lot of games, you know, in the fourth quarter. You know, Fox comes out and wins the game for us. Um, everyone did their part. But I feel like once we could win those little tests, those little battles, um, that was preparing us for something bigger. Yeah, we can definitely see how that translates on the court for sure. Uh, as you look to this next upcoming season, what are the expectations for you guys in the locker room? Um, our expectations, knowing our coaching staff and our players, you know, they're they're going to be high. And um, for everyone else too, you know, this year we kind of run by surprise, but everyone's going to expect us to be at a certain level right now, you know, and um, it's it's not going to be easy. You know, it's it, it's hard to get to the third seed in the West, especially. And um, it's good. This, this year is going to be a whole nother level and uh, we got to be 
ready since training camp from the jump. You know, we can't have little three, four game uh, losing streaks. So we just, we just got to kind of focus, you know, everyone's going to be ready. Okay, uh, I like the beam. That was my favorite thing, by the way, from this NBA season. I did it a lot, even though I'm not necessarily a Kings fan. Okay, so before we let you go, we're going to do some quick hitters around the league, a little game for you. So you led the league in rebounds, but who is the hardest player to box out? The hardest player to box out? I would say uh, Steven Adams. Um, I was with him in OKC my rookie year, and uh, he definitely had a lot of tricks up his sleeve and uh, how to get you off balance and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. But he's also a very nice guy, I feel like. Okay, so yeah. you averaged a career-best 7.3 assists a game. Your dad wasn't bad at passing the ball either. So who is the better passer out of the two of you? Out of my dad or I? Yes. Oh, my dad for sure. I mean, uh, <laughs> It's not even a question. You can just look at his highlights. Uh, completely different styles and passes and uh, consistently two or three a game. So uh, yeah, yeah. I got along with the hope to get there. Okay, so uh, there are some notable father-son duos. You have Steph and Del Curry, obviously Michael and Clay Thompson, you and your dad. If there was a two-on-two tournament, what duo is taking home the trophy? I got to go with ourselves. I got to go with the Sabonises, always. <laughs> <laughs> If you said anything else, I honestly would think that would be very weird. Who would ever not take themselves in anything? Okay, who was the toughest player for you to guard? The toughest player for me to guard? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, just guarding Steph in the playoffs, you know, on those switches, on anything. uh, We all saw what he did, you know, so uh, definitely very tough. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I knew that you were going to say that. Uh, Who was your favorite (laughs) player to watch? My favorite player to watch. Uh, I mean, I grew up watching my dad a lot, and uh, that kind of like molded everything for me going on forward. So um, I definitely paid a lot of attention to this game. Well, Demonis, I know you're in Napa Valley. Enjoy your time out there. Thank you so much for joining NBA Today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We have news out of Orlando. NBA players and their union are not happy about a political donation by the Orlando Magic. Financial disclosures reveal that the team gave $50,000 to a super PAC supporting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. During his tenure, DeSantis has enacted policies limiting critical race theory and recently approved controversial standards for teaching the history of slavery. A day ago, Larry Nance tweeted this in response to the news of the donation. So the Orlando Magic, who have a majority black roster, a black head coach, and a black GM, decided it was a good idea to support a man that claims that slavery had personal benefits for the enslaved. Today, the MBPA released the following statement, saying in part, a political contribution from the Orlando Magic is alarming given recent comments and policies of its beneficiary. The Magic's donation does not represent player support for the recipient. A spokesman for the Magic told ABC News the donation was, quote, given as a Florida business in support of a Florida governor for the continued prosperity of Central Florida. It should be noted that ESPN's parent company, Disney, has a business relationship with the Magic. Still to come, we are one day away from a potential extension for AD. Bobby Marks joins and details the impact it may have on the Lakers moving forward. Plus, the legend, the one and only Diana Taurasi, is only 18 points away from a milestone that may never be reached in the WNBA ever again. Wait to see what we're talking about. Also, 
Team USA's training camp is in full swing, so it's only right for us to have a special edition of Top of the Top with exciting players donning the red and white and blue. More NBA Today after this. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When I got traded, that's all I wanted, just to be a champion. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! This NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't think it was a doubt that I was, you know, going to come back. Ever since holding that trophy, I, I, I just want to do it again. Anthony Davis will be extension eligible tomorrow. Davis is coming off of a regular season in which he averaged almost 26 points per game for L.A. He played all 16 playoff games while averaging 22 and 14 for the Lakers. Now joining us, NBA front office insider Bobby Marks. Bobby, let's start by diving into the details of this extension. What could A.D. get now versus what could happen if he waits? Yeah, he's extension eligible starting on Friday for three years, $169 million. That extension would start in the 2025-26 years. Davis has two years left on his contract. If he decided to wait, he can sign up until October 23rd. That Jalen Brown number would be staring at him, potentially five years, $304 million if he declined that early termination option. If he signs the team that had cap space, potentially four years, $214 million. So Davis has a decision to make as far as to take the guaranteed money now or wait until certainly next offseason and become an unrestricted free agent. Okay, let's bring some more squad in here. Ramona Shelburne is joining us now. Chanae and Wendy are also here. Ramona, I'm going to start with you. What mm-hmm. should the urgency be for the Lakers to get an extension done? Oh, they need to try to get this extension done because, as Bobby just mentioned, this is a bargain for them. If they get him signed early, they actually save money in the long run because he has an ETO, not a player option. I heard all about this on the Hoop Collective podcast. It's very complicated. (laughs) But (laughs) the, the, the details matter here, and I think for the Lakers, it's advantageous for them because you have to think about team building. This is a team that they took away some of their future flexibility by signing Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, Gabe Vincent, for beyond next season. And so now they're in a position where you've got to lock in that start because we don't know what LeBron James's plans are after this season. Ramona mentioned the Hoop Collective. Wendy, you talked about this a lot on your podcast. Uh, how has David Davis handled these negotiations in the past? 
Yeah, that's an important thing to pay attention to, Christine. So the contract that he signed now, he signed in 2020. And at that time, he had an option that he could have gone two different ways with this contract. He could have signed for one year, and then after one year, he could have signed for a lot more money. Mm -hmm. Or he could have signed for the full five years to get maximum protection. We know he's had a lot of injuries in his career. He took quite a bit of time to think about that. He spent, as I recall, you know, seven to ten days thinking about the offer. And at the end of the day, he took the guaranteed five-year contract. He didn't want the risk of one year. And that's important to realize here. He can be a free agent next summer. And that's why the Lakers need to get this done. As Ramona said, it puts them in better financial stead to do this now. It's a bit, it's a bit better deal for them. But they don't want Anthony Davis messing with free agency. They don't want that hanging over their head as they go throughout the season. And if Anthony Davis makes a decision and prioritizes long-term security over, you know, rolling the dice over one year, he might be interested in doing that now. And I will say this. The Lakers have had a lot of attention for what they've done this summer. And they've done a really good job stabilizing their roster and adding some talent. But this, this is the most important thing for Rob Palenka this summer. To get Anthony Davis locked up so you don't have any concerns going forward. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think more of the humanity, uh, you know, humanity perspective. When you're a player that has dealt with Knicks and Knacks, I know this personally, the one thing you really want is that security. You want that long term. You want to feel like this is home. This is who I want to build with, especially at this point in your career, because he is in his prime. He is trying to be more available for games. And I think that type of security is super, super important. And the reason why I think Lakers fans feel maybe like, oh, like, do we want to do this? Because right. we know he may or may not be available at X, Y, or Z point of the year. The reality is when AD scores 25 points or more, the Lakers won 65% of their game. They had a 20 and 11 record. Now, yeah, he may miss 10 or so in a stretch. He may miss five or so. But still, if he's able to play when it matters most, you have a great shot at being, you know, a, a good team. And we saw that especially at the end of last year. So that security from like the player perspective, but also knowing that he is still valuable. And as Wendy and Ramona have astutely said, mm -hmm. he has value. Like you don't want to roll the dice and see what happens because this is a time when you have LeBron James and you want to make things shake. Brian, do you agree with what Janae just said? Yeah, I also think because let's just be honest here, there's uncertainty with LeBron. Yep. We don't know where he's going to be a year from now. He may even retire a year from now. You don't want Anthony Davis going into free agency, you know, even if it's to potentially get more money with uncertainty with LeBron. You want to have Anthony Davis as a core part of your team, and it just makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense from a stability standpoint to get it done. I know that people can nitpick with Anthony Davis. The Lakers were in the Western Conference Finals largely because of what this guy did at the defensive end, and their, their season coming up, yeah, there's a lot of guys contributing. You need LeBron to be healthy. You need Austin Reeves to come back. You need some of the new guys to play well. But you got to have Anthony Davis as your defensive center and your defensive core, and that's going to be the case well into the future, which is why they need to get this done. Well, guys, I also think when you look at where Anthony Davis is right now, he is playing on a below-max contract just based on where the growth of yeah. the cap is. He is at a 30% number here, and they have him on a bargain. And I think from, from Davis' perspective, the last time he played 65 games or more was in 2017-18. And whenever anyone dangles $169 million in front of you at his age and based on his injury history, I think you have to take it. And I know the lore of $300 million potentially could be there, but that is certainly playing Russian roulette as far as what his future could hold.
Bobby, are you, I'm curious, though. Do you think the Lakers come with just this straight offer or do they build in some protection for themselves yeah. in terms of games played, incentivizing how many it, 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 to get the full max based on games played or other kinds of performance clauses? I think you can, Ramona, and I think what would happen is that Anthony Davis would say, we'll see you next year in, yeah. on July 1st in free agency, and we'll see if there's a team out there willing to offer $214 million or potentially more over four years. I think you kind of get a little bit cute. We certainly saw that last year with Kyrie, who yeah. certainly played it out when you get cute with these games protections. I understand it from the Lakers' perspective. $60 million in the last year of that extension is a big number, especially if Anthony Davis is the lone player on this roster if LeBron is elsewhere, you know, three or four years from now? Uh, a reminder that over the last four seasons, Davis has only played in 59% of Lakers games. Bobby, thank you for joining us on NBA Today. Coming up next, DT has been a WNBA wonder for 19 WNBA seasons, but what this next milestone will mean for her legendary career on NBA Today. That quick release. Mm. No follow through. Just careful. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I never wanted to be or talked about or worked every single day to be the best player in the world. I just try to be the best basketball player that day. Have you ever seen anyone more complete than Tarasi? One of the all-time greats in this league. Tarasi for the record! The Phoenix Mercury WNBA champion! No one in WNBA history has scored more than Tarasi. We love a good GOAT combo, don't we? But this is kind of undisputed. Halfway through her 19th season in the WDT is still racking up points. That means that her lead on the all-time scoring list, which is already almost 2,500 more than anyone else, just keeps growing. She's now 18 points away from 10,000. We take a visual look at what she does that can justify us calling her the GOAT. Is she get this shot off? The record tree for number three. And now no one has made more in WNBA history. You don't get to decide the legacy. I didn't intend to play this long for any title, for any type of prestige or honor. I just play it because I'm a kid that loves to play basketball. Rossi from half court. Tarasi in a 
the zone. Describe the zone. Ah, the zone. When you're in it, it's like being in space. Nothing bothers you. The crowd, the score, nothing bothers you. It's just like water flowing. It's a feel. Wow, what a play from Taraki. The days that I'm feeling really locked in, I can do it any way it's going in. Here's number 1,000 in her WNBA career. Bring it up for DP. Fastest player to hit 3,000 points. 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000, over 9,000 points in her WNBA career. When I think of 10,000, I think of the points that haven't counted here. The 13 years I played overseas for nine months. I think of UConn where, you know, I went from not playing my freshman year to, you know, having to do what I had to do for our team to be successful. I think about the national team and all my different roles. It's a lifetime's work. 10,000 is gonna be, you know, something that hopefully means something to, to women's basketball and it's gonna be even a bigger deal when someone breaks it. just a drop in the bucket. DT has made the most three-pointers in WNBA history with 1,341. No one is even close to her record. Sue Bird is the only other player with more than 1,000 career threes, but DT has made 340 more. She also has the record for the most field goals made in WNBA history with 3,133. She's the only player ever with over 3,000 field goals. Second on the list is Tina Charles with over 2,800. And who has the most free throws? I mean, you can guess it, it's DT again. She's made 2,375 free throws in her career. Only one other player has made over 2,000, and that's Tamika catching. So the question now is, can anybody break DT's record? Second on the all-time scoring list is Tina Thompson, who retired 10 years ago. Among active players, Tina Charles is next on the list, but she's currently not on a roster. And Brianna Stewart was the fastest of 4,000 points, doing it in one fewer game than DT, but Stewie was two years older when it happened. So we're now here with Ramona and Cheney, starting with you, Ramona, because you covered DT during her days at yeah. UConn in the early 2000s. What do you remember about those very special years? Yeah, so I was, my first beat was covering high school basketball in Southern California when she was at Don Lugo High in Chino. I mean, she had two, Chino. she had two 50 point games nine days apart when she was a freshman. She would hit game winners. And so when she went to UConn, there was a couple of homecoming games where she played at Pepperdine. And and, and at USC and I covered these games I, listen I'm fresh out of college myself because we are about we're not the same age but we're in the same age bracket uh -huh. and when you saw those the, the way UConn fans traveled all the way out the way the fans came out from Chino to watch it there there might have been 50 Pepperdine fans and the rest was was UConn and it was just an amazing scene to see for a women's college basketball player when they would make that annual trip out here to California all right, Janae, so we talked a little bit about this yesterday. What <laughs> was your first 
interaction with DT like? So I'll have to make this suitable for television because okay. everyone knows any interaction with Diana Taurasi, you have to censor right. some words. So I'll never forget when I was playing for the Connecticut Sun, I remember my first matchup against Diana. I would always get the scouting report from my big sis who helped me all the time. So I was like, NECA, I'm playing Tamika Catchings. How do I guard her? NECA, Diana, I'm playing her. How do I guard her? She's like, Chanae, it's going to be hard. You're guarding the post, so you're already, you already have an advantage. You don't have to worry about her all the time. But let me tell you this. When you go to screen her, especially in transition, she's going to punch you. And I was like, what? <laughs> she's going to punch you? Now, again, she doesn't do that anymore. Okay. But I went down. And I remember I was like early in the game. I was, I was setting a drag screen. And I was like, okay, I'm bracing for it. And so I go and set the screen. And I hit her hard. And she tried to punch through it, but I hit her harder. And then she looked at me and I was like, death eyes, death stare. I was like, oh my gosh, I hit her too hard. She now knows I'm coming for her. So we go back to the free throw line and she makes, a, you know, a bullet line all the way to the free throw line, walks oh, yeah. towards to see me. Mind you, she's probably not supposed to be on the free throw line no. rebounding. She's a point guard, right? So she comes and she just stares at me like, Ramona, I don't know if we can do this two shot sure. or something. She's just staring at me, not blinking. I was like looking straight. I was like, please, no. And then she's like <laughs> patting me on the back. I was like, I see you. I see right, you. That's know, respect. You know, you're like, that's respect. And so so she's like, I, I appreciate it. you're not going to come into the league and be punked. And I remember that. And that was like my welcome to the league moment. It was also cool to go against one of the best. And ideally, I mean, no one's going to touch this. 19 seasons in the W. Shooting the three ball the way we talk about Steph Curry. She yeah. did that same thing. Made people fall in love with the outside shot. She's, yep. Even to this day, it's hard to chase around screens and guard her. So we're excited for her. And I'm glad. I, don't th I think we already finished our four matchups against the Phoenix Mercury or like three or four. So like uh -huh. another team will have to <laughs> celebrate so that. Well, she's there is a great point against I, you. I love <laughs> all the little Diana-isms too. Okay? Like when she shoots a free throw, she turns her feet to the left. Because Gino Oriyama taught her like it's like throwing darts. Okay, there's a, a great story on ESPN.com right now. Josh Weinfuss wrote it today about how she gets that quick release. Mm -hmm. boom, boom. She goes, yeah, I'm so slow. I had to just get, the, get it off quick. Nobody can block it. Come on, D. Go. Yeah. She's so for good sure. at everything. Yeah, for sure. Whoever's in the building when she scores <laughs> yep. 10,000 points, it's going to be very special. By the way, she has three FIFA Gold World Cup yeah. uh, medals. Coming up with Team USA getting set for the FIFA World Cup. We'll take a look at some of the top of the top plays from the national roster. <laughs> next. I'm him. Okay, I am him. You know that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The idea is we are here to give you the very best possible experience. It's the experiences. Can you win? Like, can you bond with your teammates? Can you feel those moments in the locker room? Jared Jackson Jr. 
Yes, you're going to play in the NBA for years, but it's the experiences. Brunson, a three-pointer. We're going to give you everything we have as a staff, and uh, and you guys are going to give us everything you have. It'll be an amazing experience. Welcome back. Some of the brightest young stars from around the league are in Las Vegas getting ready to play for Team USA and the 2023 FIBA World Cup. So what better chance to check out some of their best plays that got them to this point than with our top of the top. Team USA edition. We're Let's gonna go. start with top poster okay. of those Palo I remember Arrow. this one. Oh, Corey Joseph. Good for Corey, though. He stood in there. This was his first ever game, y'all. <laughs> like, what? We should have known ROI <laughs> at that moment. Yeah. This is Cam Johnson over Joel Embiid. Okay, that's tough. JoJo. Ye? Yeah, going up against JoJo was not Could've easy. Could have been a little push-off. You think so? A little bit. A front <laughs> Anthony Edwards <laughs> with the dunk of the year. This is Yeah, it was. Oh, man. Oh. Minnesota has six that was... different guys playing for a bunch of different countries in this event. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good note. Great nugget. He's covering them. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> All right. Top ankle breaker. This is Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, you actually, <laughs> Kelly got oh, lost. Kelly was Kelly's like, so Kelly lost. got lost. Kelly and Lennox is like, wait, 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 where are you even looking? I'm that's trying to stay out of court. For Canada. <laughs> uh, Brandon Ingram just drops Anthony Lamb. Oh, oh, that's very rare that you got it with like the hezzy without dribbling. Like, bam. Jeff. And the hand on the court. Yeah. Uh, and then Jalen Brunson, Alex Caruso. Oh, that was a seat drop. <laughs> and Caruso's like, yeah. man. Do you hear the Sit the down. Boop. Look at the clown. <laughs> you know the floor was wet. You know, that's. I slipped. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, top projection Walker Kessler with the block to force. Oh, just kidding. 2022 playoffs. Bobby Portis. Oh, we got more? Go ahead, put back. Yeah, yeah. This is top playoff moments. My There's bad. Bobby. Never quit on plays. This is big for him to be on this team here. Yes, it, it is. It is. It's huge, right? Very validating. And what, what's his name? Lemon uh, Daddy? Oh, Lemon Daddy. <laughs> if you drive around Los Angeles, you will see billboards of him like, representing <laughs> Lemon Daddy. Austin Reeves earned his spot in he the did. series that they played against Golden State. Steve Kerr, head coach of the team, saw him up close and said, <laughs> yeah, sure. you know what? Let's get that guy. Okay, now top awesome. rejection. Walker Kessler with the block to force overtime. Is oh, yeah. Is he being the no, best player sir. in that trade last year? Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's going to play a lot for Team USA. Do Don't think he's just a token there. He's going to play a lot. All right, so then Mikhail Bridges, source for the block. Oh. Saw that one. Then Jaron Jackson Jr. denies Joel Embiid at yeah. the rim. Man, what are you guys doing to Embiid today? Right? Yeah. He's <laughs> all right, though. A little bit, maybe. <laughs> he's MVP. He's cool. He's he still right MVP. now. Exactly. Dunk on and block. Uh, then Josh Hart gets his zap up rejected by Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I love also, that. He rejects. <laughs> Great. All right, up next, one shot, next basket wins. A million dollars on the line. Who you got? We got Ooh. our picks for who would get the rock next on NBA Today. Back in 60 seconds. One. Welcome back to NBA Today. You know it's this little summer vacation, but not for the teams in the TVT. Last night, Jordan Stevens sent Bleed Green to the TBT final with this game-winning shot. Ooh, two double teams. The face. Yeah. Okay. They're now one win away 
from the one million dollar prize. That's gotta feel good. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Bleed green. All right, so after that, we're down to two teams. The basketball tournament championship game, Bleed Green, takes on Heartfire for a million dollars tonight at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on ESPN and the app. Do not miss it. So after Jordan Stevens' game-winning shot, it got us thinking, starting with you, Brian. If you had to pick one player to take a shot for one million dollars, who would you choose? There's going to be a defense, right? He's not, you know, by himself or getting a screen. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, seven foot tall, puts the ball up over his head. Good luck defending it. Can make anything from anywhere. That's my pick. I'll live with it. I'm going with Mr. Steph Curry. He practices all kinds of shots. He might even make it by kicking the ball in. He takes, I know he's going to get a shot off. It might be a bad shot, but nothing is a bad shot for Steph Curry. So I didn't even factor defense. I thought we are just lining it up. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even need to see the rim. I'm going with Steph. He, he actually could make it blunt. Steph Curry, I mean, like, come on, y'all. This is like a layup. Okay. Did Half you, court, I'm taking him. Three-quarter court, I'm taking him. The man who rates his shot based on how much of the net it touches. Like what? <laughs> yeah, Steph, easy. I'm very surprised that nobody chose Michael Jordan because you can choose players that aren't currently playing. So I chose one Kobe oh, I like this. Bryant because we've seen him do it so many Also, times. if it's like the moment, yeah, 100%. Yeah. He has ice in his veins. It's the That's reason right. that he's so different. But I'm, I'm really surprised that nobody cho- chose Michael Jordan. You know what? I'm going with the greatest shooter of all time. It's the heart. <laughs> I took the seven-footer. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes seven sense. Foot. But anybody for LeBron? Nobody for LeBron? Sure. Yeah. He's not a great, he's not a great jump shooter. Sometimes you got to have a jump shot. I mean, never bet against LeBron. Yeah, I would never. <laughs> On that note, I'll that. take Shaq. I'll take all, all right, of guys. We'll, we'll get, get a shot off. Enjoy NFL Live. All the shooters.